Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the One Talk podcast. You're here with your host, Ryan. And today we are joined by Anna Keeley. How are you going, Anna? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I am well, thank you. Thank you for jumping on. Thank you for having me. No worries at all. I fully met you maybe about a year ago at Morgan T. Nelson's event. And ever since then, I've been following you and your content and the value that you bring in the online world. And I really enjoyed the value that you do bring because there's so much things that you touch on, and especially the perspective shift I've seen you have with over the last year as well around the work that you do, which is really awesome. And I think, yeah, make a great episode and I'd love to hear more about yourself as well today. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God, there's so much to tell. I think last year, actually, where I briefly met you at that one day event, mm. um, me and Courtney, my friend who we went together, we um, signed up for the three day event because there was like a sale on it. If you bought it, then we went, you got it for like two for one. So mm. we went to Morgan's three day event. And around that time is when I was really starting to get into like, who am I? Like, what do I want? what's my purpose as a coach all of these things because I was starting I was just feeling unfulfilled and like I wasn't reaching my full potential and like I just wanted to have that point of difference in the industry mm. without feeling like I was constantly going to be chasing my tail kind of just among all other online coaches and nutritionists and things like that so um, that's where I really started to dig into my own personal journey of like self-development and opened up that can of worms at the three-day event with Morgan mm. and came home and started planning all these businessy things. And I really went back and forth between thinking that all I wanted, my whole purpose, everything was to do with my company. Mm. Um, so I drove, I did all of my kind of, I took everything that I learned from Morgan's and I trans transitioned it into a business sense. But it was only recently that I kind of started realizing that the business side of things is not the only thing that makes me fulfilled. And I started digging into more of my peace and self-love and like kindness to myself and to be able to just form a deeper connection with myself so that I can then go on and actually indirectly use that to teach people more anyway and I'm I'd mm. be able to relate with my clients on different level um if I completely knew myself and I was the total embodiment of what I was teaching them yeah so I've been really going through that lately and then that's where I decided to um go to uni and do psychological sciences which I'm mm. about to start in three weeks but that was actually supposed to be dietetics yeah. Um, and it completely just flipped on its head. So that's really cool to see like when you start experiencing life and experience different endeavors that essentially align to your purpose, like different doors can open and point you in a better direction that you may have even attended that at the first. Because similar happened to me when I first started mental health. I was like, I wanted to go study psychiatry. And then I started to volunteer at like a residential uh, mental health house. Then from there, I just began my career and that, I end up going down that path and I just started doing so many things down there. So it's really cool to see that you had intended to do one thing, but then it pushed you into, not I wouldn't say a different direction because it still aligns with your mission, but it's really cool to see that. Absolutely. Like I have been really finding as well that I see things from such a different perspective now since I've mm. started 
um, giving myself the time of day to actually stop and be present and focus on kind of what I need versus what I want or what Mm. I'm chasing out of lack because I was chasing a lot of things out of lack for such a long time. Like I need this. um, I want this. I don't have this. So I'm chasing it. And I was doing that for so long and I have only just in the past probably, oh, it's actually probably only been about a month since I've Mm. truly really stepped into that, like, like being present within myself and being able to be within myself and just being able to be just in general. Um, And that was really hard because I found Mm. myself really hesitant and really agitated to go and create a new project in my business or do something or have all this extra work for no reason and just always keep myself busy. And I started really realizing that it was from a place of lack and that it was from a place of not wanting to sit still and be Mm. that I was always keeping myself like that busy. Yeah. So Um, yeah, it's a lot of awareness. So where did that awareness come from? Because I know people can rather look externally for that or they can look internally. Did you go and seek someone to have a chat with and maybe see a different perspective from yourself? Or was that something that you did by yourself in your own time and just work and process your thoughts? I did it in my own time. Um, I think I started off just being really curious. Mm. and But I really, really started from my bodybuilding career. So when I was like, bodybuilding I became a pro athlete um I didn't end up competing as a pro athlete because I just I decided that it wasn't for me from then Mm. but I just got really sick looking um after my last show which was after like five years of competing in three seasons um and I was always winning I was always like coming out on top and that was kind of just like fueling that fire inside of me that um you're not anything if you're not the best. Yeah. And then I finished that season and I just remained in like such low energy availability. I was like a skeleton. Mm. I got leaner than what I was. And I was like almost on the verge of kind of like having an eating disorder. Yeah. And it was then that I had to like force myself into change. And the change was like, I'm going to stop tracking. And then I found myself stopping tracking for a little bit. And then whenever I got into any kind of discomfort, I would bring it back. Mm. Um, and I kept on doing that for a little bit until I was able to, again, grab the next bit of courage out and not do that until I eventually kind of got myself all the way out of it where I would say I'm a big intuitive eater now as a nutritionist myself, but I do still encourage and teach like, oh no, my light. Um, I do still encourage and teach like informed eating. And I feel like in order to be an informed eater, you need to go through the motions of tracking and understanding and looking at food from that perspective. Mm. So I initially had a really bad relationship with, um, with food and with tracking. And I was, pushing that onto my clients. Don't track. It's horrible. It's bad. Like you shouldn't do it. It will cause you to have eating disorders. Um, And then again, like from my personal experience and my growth, I was able to transition that again um, and create different outcomes for my clients where I was no longer afraid of the app or the method. Mm. 
um, because I realized the whole, you know, it's my mindset, it's not the method that's causing these issues. Yeah. Um, to go on and then, yeah, like grow as a coach while also being present in my own life and not feeling like I need to be a certain way in order to encourage that, if that makes sense. Yeah. And how did you, like, how do you end up finding the balance of that at the moment too, especially when you do have clients with the balance of having the calorie deficit or surplus, but then also still enjoying the food you enjoy as well? Um. As in me being in a surplus or deficit or my clients? Um, I should say, let's just say with you and your experience. Yeah. So I don't track it all anymore. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, again, my like informed eating, I am very good at enjoying the foods that I want, but still kind of, because um, gut health is a big thing to me. Like I really care about that because that's mm. something that got, totally derailed when I was going through all of that um so I don't I just naturally don't find I eat like an asshole I just have like one or two pieces of chocolate here and there um I'm yeah very very routine and structured and I actually was having this conversation with a friend in the gym and I said to her I actually just feel like I woke up one day and I don't even recall how I got here with this relationship with food. It yeah. kind of feels like I woke up one day and it just happened. Mm. Even though I've been through everything that I had to go through in order to get to where I am, it's almost like I can't explain it. Yeah. But that's just a reflection on your journey of becoming fr- from like the professional and um, doing that as well and to go into coaching and then also for the years of your own training too. So like things like that can be, um unexplainable sometimes because it's all for your own life journey yeah exactly and i'm in powerlifting now i have a comp in three weeks and i yeah it's pretty hectic so very like it's a physically exhausting preparation um but i think transitioning from physique sports into performance sports Mm. has been a massive thing for me because i do need to be within a particular weight class well, I don't need to be but I want to be in order to perform well yeah um but it's just nice to be able to do a comp prep without feeling like I need to be on death's door to get there yeah because I was about to ask too like what is the mindset difference training for this compared to the past oh it's insane um yeah. the discipline is it's nowhere near as intense. Um, my eating is as is like, I still will go out and have a couple of wines here and there if I really want to on a weekend. Um, and then come back to training on Monday and just go about it as I would. Whereas like in powerlifting, I'm only training four days a week, but I then also do CrossFit. Um, I CrossFit one to two days a week when I'm not sick um obviously at the moment that's been a lot less but yeah so yeah and then when I was doing bodybuilding it was like literally training every single day like it was five days a week of my strength training and then it was getting 10 to 16 to 18,000 steps every day yeah it would like climb which was like at least two one-hour walks every day walking Mm. on the treadmill um before and after my session 
um, doing my session, posing. It was like spending like four to five hours in the gym every day. Yeah. And compared to powerlifting now, like, yes, in my comp prep, I'm spending two hours, sometimes two and a half hours in the gym to get everything done, warm up properly so I don't injure myself when I'm squatting like 120 kilos. It's mm. like, you know, there's obviously all the preparation things in there that go hand in hand, but yeah, mentally amazing. Like it's yeah. such an empowering sport where people all just want to support each other as well. Mm. Like um, in our gym, zero weakness in camps. Um, whenever someone's doing a PB or they're doing a heavy lift, it's like powerlifting etiquette for everyone to just stop and mm. be quiet and watch the person that's lifting. And, yeah. you know, when you watch the person that's lifting, right, it's not like that lifter feels um any less of themselves when you're watching or they feel embarrassed or anything. It's like everyone's watching because they want to support. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's really, really different because obviously you're not, you're in competition on the day with other people if that's what you want to make it seem like. But yeah. in bodybuilding, you're a hundred percent in competition with everybody else. Yeah. hundred percent. And that's the beautiful thing about having the community aspect to it as well. How like having that support around you rather than having that fear of judgment. And the one thing that I align with a lot with your message is that I know from my experience and what I've seen within the health and fitness industry, there's always extremes that get pushed. And I think it's like that with any area of life, but the extremes always get pushed. And I love the message that you push because it's not like you have to be 100% starving yourself or 100% bulking. It's like, no, enjoy life as well, as well as training and doing all these healthy habits too. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And Sometimes that can come across as a mixed message as well. Like um, I do have clients sometimes go, oh, like I didn't want to ask you, but I want to diet. And yeah. it's almost like sometimes the message is confused in a sense of I like they're thinking that I don't want them to diet or that I don't mm. uh, um, encourage that or whatever, but that's totally not it. It's just that there's a lot of other things that need to come first before a diet. Um, it's like you need to earn to diet by doing all of these other things, like work on, like figure out what you value, understand your beliefs, reprogram a bunch of these subconscious behaviors and beliefs and feelings, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can diet. But first, like, can you even be consistent? Can you go to the gym? Like, yeah. can you build muscle? Um, can you push yourself? You you would understand this, right? Like in in a gym setting, it takes you ages to learn how to push yourself because the burning feeling of your muscle, for example, mm. um, or or being under a heavy weight and getting scared by it, yeah. um, all of these little things. Like you really need to learn how to move functionally in a gym setting mm. before you can then go and squat something heavy so it's like an impatient thing um people want to be squatting over 100 kilos straight away but it's like it's taken me like eight years to do that and only now am I competing in a powerlifting competition because I feel like I'm more competent to do that after Mm. years of putting in like I've never I never really miss a session like I'll train on holidays do this 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 but people just uh it's, it's miscommunicated or it's misunderstood that all the work that's required in Mm. order to be able to get to any kind of mental, emotional or physical state of being. Yeah. 
um, so that you can actually start applying certain things into your life properly. Yeah. And all those things that builds up to that, like what helps you stay with that discipline in terms of keeping on top of everything so you can consistently train? Yeah. Um, I feel like I would put training in front of working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, I just love to train. And I think I, it helps that I have a goal at the moment, helps that I've got um, my comp coming up and whatnot mm. because it helps me to kind of like put that forward. But I just feel like shit if I don't do it. And yeah. I, the reminder and the discipline is like, just remind yourself how you feel, how good you feel when you do this. Mm. Or like, I remember getting to the end of sessions, like, you know, back in the day and knowing that I could have gone heavier and not doing it or like not doing reps because I just felt tired and I didn't want to, or I just wanted to go home. I started to get bored or whatever. Mm. And then I would leave and I would be like, oh, I should have done it. And then going in the next time and actually doing it all or like pushing yourself when you say that you're going to, mm. um, I feel like that just helps to build the character and it helps to build the discipline over time that it becomes just like natural. Yeah. Um, cause for me, it's very natural, but if I was, if you would put me in a dieting phase right now, I would probably find that a lot harder. Mm. Um, because I think that I've been living in a state where I feel very confident and happy and, like thriving and nourished with yeah. all of my dieting choices that if you were to put me into a dieting phase, I would probably freak out because I feel like I would be thinking of since I've been so educated on the topic, since having a gut health mentor and things like that, like I would more so be worried about the quality of the food that declines so mm. much. If you were to put me in that phase rather mm. than actually complying to the diet. Mm. Yeah, so it's it's a big, like, woozy in my head in that regard. But that's it. Once you get in there, though, it's like that sense of achievement, which then helps motivation and discipline. And then it also builds resilience within you as well to keep you going. And for me personally, like 80% of the time, I don't feel like exercising. But when I do it, I've never, I don't think I've ever not wanted to go and then went and then regretted going. <laughs> Every single yeah, time, exactly. like, I'm glad I just at least did something, whether it's better than nothing. And I think as well, it's important to have goals as well with the gym. Like you said, you've got something coming up that you're building towards like your competition. And having goals like that can be a big motivator to push you as well and keep you consistent with training. Mm. And even if someone's not ready for that level of training commitment, like that competitive level, yeah. um, I think the goal with those type of people would be like understanding how many levels there is to, to go through. Mm. There's so many functional levels that you need to go through in terms of flexibility mobility stability um learning how to not break down under a movement all of that kind of mm. stuff that all needs to be really heavily considered and i always tell my clients this i'm like don't ever expect to come in here and for me to like push you until you can't even stand on your legs because yeah. i will never do that because that's just not my way of training i'm very functional um, I want people to have the longevity of their results and feel like they're not frightened to come mm. back because they want to be pushed until they can't walk, but then they are so sore for a week or a week and a half that they don't go to the gym again for another month. Like that's just such a basic yeah. um, scenario that happens all of the time. Mm. 
And that happened with me when I first signed up to the gym. Because I first signed up to the gym, um, it was about eight years ago. I was about 60-something kilos. I was very thin. And mm. I was the same. I was straight away trying to get into it and go to the extreme. Burned myself out that I couldn't train for a while. And then I was wondering why I wasn't getting the results I wanted. It's because I wasn't having like, you know, a proper routine where I'm doing things sensible to make sure my gains are long-term. Because when it comes to health and exercise, fitness, wherever it may be, it's all long-term gain because life is a long-term journey. Yeah, exactly right. It's not like it's going anywhere. Like you don't, yeah. like you have this whole big journey to live. Like why are you trying to do everything in one week? Yeah. <laughs> Like, that's like been a good lesson for me actually because i just mm. i was always trying to do everything like the world was going to end tomorrow yeah. and yeah it's okay to slow things down but you get some conflicting advice sometimes where you know some really hardcore people are always mm. like like work as if you are going to die tomorrow or like work or like train as if this is this or kind mm. of just live your life in general as if tomorrow wasn't there and I was like, yeah, I understand that. But I think the way that I look at it now, the perspective is so different. Like if I was to like look at my life in that perspective now, is if like do everything in the world ends tomorrow is mm. like, again, I would focus on my peace and my happiness and my like, and all of like the love and the kindness in my life rather than focus on like, I don't know, building my business or making the most money that I can kind of thing. Yeah. What was the starting point for you in getting into exercise and gym and health? Like what made you get into it? Um, I was like dragged to the gym when I was 16 in school. Yeah. And I just like ended up staying and overlapping and um, she ended up leaving and not really training ever um, and all making it like a thing for herself, I guess, just basic exercise. And then, yeah, I was like, I wanted to become a personal trainer and I worked at Subway at the time. And while I was working at Subway, I like was doing my PT course and, yeah. um, yeah. And then I had a car accident when I was 18 and that was what I'm like 25 now, so seven years ago. And I broke my jaw, like I shattered it and I pulled it out of like the, um, the, whatever that joint is like up on your ear there I like pulled it out and then shattered like right through the middle of my jaw like under my lip and my Mm. teeth were like separated like one half of my teeth were pushed forward and one half were pushed back um got some like cuts and bruises like a really deep cut on my arm got a nice big scar there now um and broke my arm I ended up with amnesia a couple of brain like they assumed that I had brain injuries because I couldn't remember anything that they were asking Mm. me to remember. Um, Eventually I remembered, but yeah, so I had that accident and then that's actually when I recovered from that, I just like wanted to do bodybuilding. And so I started doing that. I did that when I was 19 for the first time and I won and then I did it again, again, again. Um, And yeah, I just remember like, doing these diets where a dietitian was like, you can't eat this, you can't eat that. Like mm. roast chicken is bad for you. Like you have to have chicken breast and you have to eat 900 calories, blah, blah, blah. It was like ridiculous. I was eating literally 900 calories every day and yeah. doing 
the most exercise (laughs) (laughs) and um it was a lot so it was kind of like those really bad experiences at the start that I was like this is cannot be it yeah and then I just started getting into it properly um I was doing it for my like I was doing it for a look at the start for sure Mm, yeah yeah a hundred percent it's like that too. When you first get into the gym, it's all about the physical and wanting to improve that. But I think once you start going to the gym, you see how much mental benefits it has. Then yeah. that, I think that ends up becoming your purpose because you're like, wow, if I don't go for three days, it's hard to feel shit. So I'm going to get back into it. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing that you learn on the journey of going to the gym. And I like to bring it back a little bit to when you had that accident because when things like that happen in people's lives, it can rather be something that can destroy people or it can be something that drives people. Like, yeah. how did you use that as an opportunity? And what did you do in the time of recovery? Like, did you start planning out what you wanted to do with your business, what you wanted to do with yourself? Like, how did you utilize that time? Um, yeah, I did. I did those things. I did focus on how I wanted to get into the industry because I just finished my PT course and then I'd had the accident. So I hadn't mm. even gotten my certificate yet. Um, and I had a broken arm so I was driving my mum's car because I had to live with my parents for a few months Mm. and I was driving my mum's car into the gym and in the small town um, and I would go to the gym while I was still recovering and like little me had lost like over 10 kilos so I was like smaller than small I was very tiny Mm. um and I had these bars on my mouth like they were surgically wired into my jaw yeah um and they had all these hooks that would hang over each of your teeth and then you had these little elastic bands that would go from hook to hook that closed your mouth that you couldn't open your mouth Mm. um so I couldn't open my mouth for three months and I had to like drink through straws and everything um and I was still going to the gym like that Mm. and I just I just found like this like love for it. And I just really don't even know where it came from. Um, And then, yeah, I just started PTing and it got really good. I started enjoying making my own money for like the first time. Yeah. And it kind of turned into that. Actually, it turned into, I'm sure this happens to every PT ever because like it is, it does get good money when you spend hours and hours in the gym every day coaching clients and it, yeah. it becomes a little bit of a trap. You get a little bit greedy. Yeah. So that definitely happened, but it was not until, like I said, like two years ago, or actually no, it's probably only been a year and a half since I created Project Lifestyle. Mm. Um, and it was then that I was started having epiphanies and stuff. I started hanging out with different people Um and having a different perspective as a result of hanging out with different people. Yeah. And I feel like I just, I started to get more creative mm-hmm. and that's where I really started to know what I wanted to do. But it wasn't until I stopped competing that I figured all of that out, which is just blows my mind how it kind of all just fell into place when, and I started realizing and understanding like that there's more to life and that there's more to me. Mm. And trying to figure out those things and go for it and go like, who am I? What do I want? Um, all those things that we mentioned at the start. Yeah. Was there like a deep belief behind that at that time? Or was it just something in the spare of the moment that it was like a light bulb moment? It was a light bulb moment. Yeah. Um, 
because but there was a deeper leaf in there at one point which was when I had the car accident I got compensated um, because the accident wasn't my fault and I got compensated something over like a hundred thousand dollars and I like paid off things like yeah just I spent most of it and then I um had I don't know it was probably like fifty thousand dollars left and I spent 20 something grand on a business coach yeah um because I did Georgie Stevenson do you know her yeah yeah Yeah. um I did her rise and conquer course and because I just felt like I needed I was sitting there for like at least four months like what am I going to do with this money I just don't know what to do with the rest of it do I save it like put it into a house deposit do I do blah 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 or do I like put it into my business um and I just had to figure out like how I was going to put it into my business and then yeah it was just like an epiphany moment where I decided like this is what I have this money for I need to start investing it into myself Mm. um so I did that and I started that self-development course and then um Jessica Vera yeah 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 and then she reached out to me and I was like this is so weird that like I was just thinking about this and then this lady's reached out to me and like offered me this. So I ended up working with her um, for ages and she like helped me to scale my business like so much. I'm grateful Mm. for her. And yeah. And like I spent a lot of money on that. Like I just trusted myself and spent that money. Um, Mm. And yeah, I guess that's kind of where it happened, but the moment that I decided that I wanted to like create project lifestyle was just walking and I was just on a walk of an afternoon and I called the girl that was actually working for me at the time. And I was like, my business was called Anna's army at the time because it was just personal training. And I was like, yeah, like Jade, I really want to, um, I've got this idea. I want to create this project. I want it to be called the lifestyle project. And then I just started getting really into it. And I was like, this is amazing. I feel like I could actually make a business out of this, like its own business. Yeah. Um, and then I just like flipped it on its head a little bit and called it Project Lifestyle. And that literally became my business and then my company. That is awesome. That's great because yeah. that, just, that just shows like the power of investing into yourself and how much growth can come from that because it is a scary thing at first. Like if you've never invested mm. money to your own growth and development, because like one, it's financial, but two, you're confronting so much stuff that you don't want to confront as well. But once you step into that container or step into that work, like you just see yourself stepping into your potential and it's one mm. of the most beautiful things you can do for yourself. Oh, absolutely. That's how I felt. And I just, I never worked so hard before Mm. and I worked so hard then to build a a strong foundation and a base for my business to then obviously start to go down that route of focusing on myself Mm. more than I focused on my business which is what I'm doing at the moment um is like focusing on my peace and my happiness and the things I've been mentioning yeah and I've um because I've got a business coach too. And one thing he said to me, most business problems are personal problems that you can relate. So he yeah. always says like, if you're always looking after yourself and making sure you're good, your business is going to follow as well. So it's good that you bring it back to your own peace and happiness. That's a great realization you've had. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's been, it's been good so far. Mm. Like, um, it's definitely scary because I used to dwell in like the thought, the business thought of if I stop, I'm going to lose everything. Yeah. And stopping didn't make me lose everything. It helped me to gain more. Yeah. Um, and I always find that being vulnerable on social media, because I do a, a lot of the time. And if it's like a really intense one where I'm like, I don't know if I should post this. I'm like proper crying and things, but yeah. it always ends up being the ones that people are just like, thank you for sharing yeah. that makes me feel like there's humans out there rather than people that just don't feel or just pretend to not feel. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, especially on social media, because a lot of it can be just the one side of everyone's life. And it's really good when you have an audience of that like to engage in your content, then you can be vulnerable with those people because that creates a ripple effect into their life for them to be vulnerable to the people around them. And that could be life changing just to see someone else be vulnerable. So that's great to see. And it's great to see that people that are watching what you do are also receiving that. Yeah, exactly. And it is nice when people actually reach out to me and mm. tell me that they're receiving these things and that it has helped and things like that. I do get those messages quite often and it's just really nice. It helps. It actually is definitely one of the reasons that just makes me go, this is why I'm doing this. This is why yeah. I show up on social media. Um, things like that. It definitely helps. Do you have certain habits that you utilize in times of struggle? Yeah. Um, I train when yeah. I want to be avoidant. Mm. Um, and actually there has just been the most struggle that I have ever experienced since moving out to the property that I bought. So I bought an acre yeah. um, and I was like, I'm going to build a house. Why not? And oh my God, like building a house has been the hardest thing ever. And I mean, mm. we're, we're not even in the house yet. We're actually doing like a shed, like a livable shed. Yeah. Um, and that has been the most challenges that I have ever had to experience so far, like financial challenges in terms of all of the new things that have come up, the interest rate, all of mm. these things I've never really had to think about before. Yeah. Um, and getting all of these unexpected bills that in order to kind of like finish the things on the property um, have just like completely drained us. So like having all of those financial um, stresses in that regard, as well as like pipes bursting and flooding the whole property and mm -hmm. um, like just doing all of the little actual things that need doing around here on such a big space. Um, mm -hmm. We actually had to sleep in a caravan um, for over two months yeah because the shed wasn't ready yet and it's still actually not ready yet fully so just little things like that have been really challenging my ego <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I'm really having to adjust my life mm. to my life basically um like adjust my ego to my life and there's just been times where I've just wanted to cry but I am actually really good at pulling myself up and mm. I don't I don't do the whole toxic positivity thing or the whole fake positivity thing like I'm not about that like if yeah. you're feeling it you're feeling it and that's the end of the story um 
and you know you're allowed to go through things that you're going through but my coping mechanisms like since I've actually moved here and I have more nature around me um I have like a beautiful hill that's on my property and I just sit on it and I just like look out into the nature and I'm teaching myself at the moment from reading books and stuff how to meditate um so these are all my newest like really helpful coping mechanisms where I meditate, I journal, I have a mantra, Mm. um, things like that. And they really, really help me to kind of like be and bring myself back to present and um, kind of like get out the emotions and write things down. But beforehand it was just like, like couch, Netflix, avoidance kind of situation. I've never been one to binge eat or anything like that I've always been like mm. more so just uh shut down quiet yeah do nothing yeah have no motivation but yeah since I've kind of been faced with the biggest struggles of my life so far like my all of my old problems seem so small yeah um and I find that I'm dealing with them a lot better and a, a very different way mm. um and I don't know why that is but I think it's because like of the phase that I'm in in my life right now, I feel like I was saying this to a friend actually the other day within my whole journey of focusing on the peace and the happiness and appreciating the little things. Mm. I think that I bought this property for a reason. I'm going through all of these things for a reason. It's to teach me how to be more at peace with myself when I have a lot less than what I used to. Yeah. That's it. It's like that famous saying, everything happens for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Things happen for you to teach you lessons. Like people come into your life to teach you lessons. Mm. Um, they'll go out of your life when they need to. Like that happens to me all the time. Like people come into my life and I love them for the time that they're there, but then they kind of like slowly depart. And I'm like, well, that was, that's just it. Like I'm yeah. not, I'm not, I don't chase people. It's more of a people were meant to be in my life for a reason. What was the lesson that I was taught with this person in my life? Um, mm. And then kind of, yeah, moving on with that. Like I don't really spend a lot of time wasting energy on wondering why things didn't go the way that I wanted them to or something. Yeah, no, it's good. It's just uh, taking the lessons from each situation. And also with the meditation side of it as well, like what are you doing to help you learn what meditation is? Because I know myself years ago when I first started meditation, I was more frustrated trying to meditate than I would enjoy meditation. It took me a while to yeah. understand it for the learning. So what's helping you on that journey? Um, I understand the brain frequency. Yeah. Um, so that helps. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I understand, you know, the certain frequencies that your brain is in in the morning and the night being theta. So it's like doing mm. that, you're in a more creative mode. You're tapping into your subconscious in that regard, like at mm. that time of day when you're kind of just coming out or going into sleep. So it's like, I really understand that. So it's not, it's, it's definitely helped me to get into meditation, but I have tried to meditate in the past and found it like irritable. Mm. And that was before I understood these things. So I think again, it's like divine timing situation. I started to learn how to meditate now. Um, And I also read uh, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Yeah. the book by Joe Dispenza. Um, and I've actually had that book for ages and I tried to read it back when I first tried starting to meditate and mm. didn't finish the book 
got probably to the seventh chapter and was like, this isn't like I'm bored. Yeah. And, but at that, at that stage in my life as well, my brain was at like full frizzle. Like it was, that was when I was going through the motions the fastest and I was the most intense version of myself then. Mm. Um, Operating so the gamma. Was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> meditation was just not it for me at all. So I, um, yeah, I feel like now I'm learning it a lot differently. Like I'm finding that I'm not in a full meditation yet, but I'm definitely mm. um, learning how to relax my body like all the way from top to bottom and kind of focus like inward on my body and like as well as listening to the sounds but I close my eyes take away some sensory input and then um focus on just relaxing my body from head to toe and Mm. that usually takes me about 15 minutes if I'm doing it slowly and properly and that tends to be where I stop at the moment because I'm just I haven't read the part of the book yet that's gotten me into the next part of the meditation. Um, I wanted to take my time with it so I could actually just learn bit by bit and not rush it and then just never do it. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, it's really good to understand like what, how your brain operates and the frequencies because it helps you become more relaxed into dropping into a meditation or piece because like if you are operating like a gamma or a beta, it's going to be super difficult to try and sit and meditate and be focusing and observing your thoughts because you're not physically and mentally relaxed. Your brain's operating at a high frequency. And some great things that I learned on the journey with dropping into meditation is utilizing things like breath work because breath work can help slow down mm-hmm. the mind and get into like the alpha theta brainwave state and connect with the sympathetic nervous system and just really drop that um, frequency levels back down to the theta alpha. And yeah. And that- Another great book that I listened to as well. Do you know much about Eckhart Tolle? He's like a spiritual teacher. I've heard, yeah, but I don't know much about him, no. His book, The Power of Now, um, that taught me a lot in regards to meditation and with being present. And one of the things he teaches within that book is to, when you meditate, close your eyes and picture yourself sitting back and watching your thoughts like a movie. Because by doing this, you're learning how to detach from your thoughts and then with that also you teach yourself how to detach um, your thoughts, getting triggered by emotions and et cetera. But it really helps you within dropping into meditation and detaching. So uh, for yourself or anyone listening that wants to get into meditation, I highly recommend listening to The Power of Now because that's also a great book. Absolutely. I'll definitely listen to that. I um, got a book recommended to me the other day. It was called like um, – Synchro Destiny. Mm. Have you heard of that? No. What's that about? Um, it's a spiritual book as well. I think it's about like, it's more like a universe book. It's like the power of the universe in terms of, mm. um, yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't read it. I haven't even read the blurb on it, but I know that it was about that. It was about kind of like, um, almost like a callings book, like, mm understand kind of like that you know if there's signs happening in your life then it's probably universe trying to tell you something and going down that path is probably a good thing I don't know I haven't read it but um I got it recommended to me and I was thinking of reading it so I might Mm. read the power of now first because 
yeah, that sounds really down my alley at the moment. Yeah, and the good thing about the power of now, it's very practical as well as informative as well. So there's a lot of tools you can mm-hmm. use, but also it's like it keeps you interested enough to finish the book too. It's not just like a bunch of information wedged into one book. So it's really it's a really cool book. And that book you recommended sounds like it's right up my alley because anything to do with frequency, universe, and anything along that genre is for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think he's got two books and they kind of like align with each other in terms oh, of yeah. like an orderly fashion. Um, and it's like evolve your brain and then breaking the habit of being yourself. Mm. Do you prefer audio books or physical? Physical physical because it yeah. makes me stop and sit and listen i will and like give my attention to that moment rather than if i was to do an audio book i have a long enough drive to do that but i find like i just never i can never get into it like i mm. i find sometimes i don't know about you but the author's voice depending on who it is will just like bore me to death yeah <laughs> Yeah, sometimes <laughs> I'll start a book and I'll hear the voice, I'll sample it, hear it. I'm like, no, I'll get the physical. Because I do prefer audio books, but if I can't listen to the voice, I have to buy the physical. Yeah, yeah. I've always, yeah, I haven't, it's only been recent that I've kind of actually gotten into reading in general. Mm. Um, But probably in the past year. So I'm really loving it. Like there's so many books that I still need to read. I haven't read that many. Um. I've definitely gone logical books for the most part. So I really want to get into like more spiritual learning yeah. um, with books rather than going just like habits, brains, like, you know, things like yeah. that and understanding those things. Um, Cause all I'm going to be doing in uni is reading books on the brain. So mm. what's been your favorite book so far? Um, definitely the one that I've just read. So yeah. breaking the habit of being yourself. Um, Atomic habits was, a good one that I read as well and the happiness trap mm. yeah there's been a couple but um there was another one as well I can't remember what it was seven habits of highly successful people that was oh, one that yeah. I read too um so yeah it just goes to show like how different my perspective has changed like I used to read all of those success magnet books um to now going really quite the opposite way in a sense Mm. of like going inwards rather than getting everything from outwards yeah and that's where most of the answers are are within oh absolutely and it's Mm. taken me so long to know that and to learn that but um and it's probably again one of those things that you can't really explain because it's more of a personal journey when Mm. you go I just Start, I just started doing it one day and you don't really know how exactly it is that you ended up going down almost like a bit of a spiritual path or how people came into your life at that moment mm. um, for those lessons or that are the same as you. And you're like, how the hell did you align with those people, right? When Yeah. But they're like exactly kind of like what you need. Yeah, that's so true. When I first started getting into the more spiritual side of things, like, within like a year period so like a year before i started getting into it like if you told me to believe in energy in the universe i would have just ignored you but like now i'm obsessive yeah. it and i teach it so it's like your life just flips to it one day it's really cool <laughs> yeah i'm the exact same like i'm actually i'm yeah it's, it's hard because i'm very logical i'm a very logical person um and the actual 
reason behind me going to uni in the first place and doing psychological sciences because I have such an interest of like um kind of like bridging the gap between psychological issues and metabolic issues and bringing them together Mm. and because you just it's just so clear and so freaking obvious that the gut has such an impact on the brain and then the brain obviously like does everything and I think especially in mental health the brain is the mental health system Mm. so I just yeah that's why I want to go and do that because I look at things like um eating disorders and you see like all these metabolic issues that are caused by a psychiatric condition yeah and it's just like then how do you ever recover that when it comes back from something that's so bad like that's so far gone Mm. um so yeah it's all like that's like my main interest is like being able to look at those things and go like does got to be better solutions than mm. medicine yeah <laughs> than there's just a, medicine there's got to be some progress out there consistently as well over time with the amount of new information and technology that's coming out as well to do more research and find more evidence so it's really cool that you're taking that mm. journey because a lot of people can differentiate the mind and the body but it all links into one like i believe in the axis of our stomach we have a nervous system called the enetic nervous system which sends signals mm. to our brain from the axis of our stomach. Mm. So that really shows mm. like the food that we eat and we consume really does send signals to our brain because it's like, it's literally there. And like, I've yeah, exactly. Saw, yeah. Like if I eat cereal, like I'm like, excuse my French, but I'm fucked for about a day. If I eat cereal for mm. me, for some reason, my body yeah. doesn't respond well to it. But if I yeah. um, eat something like eggs for breakfast, I feel great. But it all just depends, yeah. you know, what you're feeding yourself because it can have that effect on your mental health. Yeah, absolutely. And especially the quality of the food as well. Like I'm really big on like locally sourced. Um, I've definitely dug a lot into like organic kind of um, produce lately. Yeah. Um, the past like six months or so, I've been really big on it since I've learned off my gut health mentor days. Mm. Um, and I just, have noticed huge shifts in my mental clarity in my gut health. Like I can eat cereal, I can eat anything now, but I do notice a difference when I do compared to when I stick to my usual, like grass fed, non-homogenized products, like fresh locally sourced fruit and veg, like organic things. You know, I notice a massive difference. And if I was to buy just like a normal lean mint from Coles or Woolies, I would be so unwell for the next 24 hours because mm. my body can't handle it. Cause I just, I eat grass fed everything. So mm. um, including like the milk that I drink, it's like yeah. Misty Mountains milk. So it's all grass fed, grass farmed and things like that. Um, finished. Sorry. Um, and yeah, it makes an absolute massive difference. Like I didn't drink milk for, six years um Mm. because I was thinking that dairy was bad when I was in my bodybuilding phase and then when I started to like lean into the gut health industry I um was like I really can see the benefit of this but I can't drink it because it's just gonna it's gonna fuck me up and so 
I, st- I had almond milk for like six years and mm. that was like so gross. Yeah. But um, now I drink like a full cream milk and nothing happens to me. I'm better. Like I'm better than ever now and I drink full cream milk where I never used to be able to do that. Mm. Um, but I don't just get like your usual like dairy farmers or whatever. It's like proper high quality like biodynamic yogurt and milk um, rather than getting all of that just cheap shit. Yeah. Do you usually go to like butchers and stuff to be able to find this grass-fed meat and high-quality meat? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I actually asked – I asked the butchers as well. Like I yeah. I don't just expect all of their meat to be grass-fed, but um, the butcher that I go to, like everything aside from two products is grass-fed. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it is really amazing. And when we moved out here, actually, there was definitely a couple of days where I was eating lower quality food while we we're kind of getting things up and running. And oh, it was just not good. It just like low energy, low mental clarity. Um, emotions were just all over the place as a result of all of this. But I just really don't think that the way that I was eating was helping. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because of how obviously how much gut microbiome goes on to affect your emotions Mm. um yeah it's it's crazy like I encourage all of my clients now to pay more attention to their gut health and to take this kind of stuff seriously because I think it's starting to come out now like it's starting to be more of a hot topic so there's definitely always going to be some good and bad advice that kind of goes around and comes around um so I think, I hope that people start to take the advice that I give them um, before, like, and rather than thinking that it's all just BS and they can just eat what they want, like, Mm. oh, I don't have a sore belly, I'm fine kind of situation, um, because that's definitely not it. Yeah, it's like one of those things you don't realize how good you feel from until you try it. It's like when you first start up to the gym, you don't realize how much of a mental benefit it's going to have until you start going to the gym. Now I'm actually going to take up mm. your advice around finding that high quality milk because for me growing up, I absolutely love milk. And like, I think this might be a part of the reason why I feel crap after eating cereals, the milk within it. Yeah. Because like, I've, oh, maybe. Yeah. Because like now I struggle with having any really quantities of milk, but it's something that I've loved always. So I definitely will mm. source out and find that high quality milk and see how I go with it. Yeah, absolutely. That would be, that's really smart because. Mm. There is a lot of different brands out there that are like organic and just looks like biodynamic on the label. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're seriously so great. Like I feel good. And it just is crazy how many nutrients you miss when you are avoiding products like that and people mm. going for these almond milks, et cetera, and they don't eat any red meat. Um, most people just live off chicken and vegetables and rice and whatever cereal they can find in the morning Mm. and they're missing so many major micronutrients that the way that I see it, well, the way that I explain it, because it is the way that it is, it's not the way I see it, but is um, nutrients are for the function of your body and like micronutrients are for the function of your body and then macronutrients are to give you energy. And that will contribute to your body composition in terms of like 
weight gain, weight maintenance, or weight loss. But without those micronutrients in ample dosages, and mm. especially a lot of micronutrients that people wouldn't wouldn't have ever even have heard of, are yeah. what I use. Um, and you just would not think that people go very far from the basic multivitamin or just going, oh, eating your greens is good for you kind of thing where I made a post today on Instagram saying how the timing of your meals, etc., is such a tiny little bleep compared mm. to like the quality of the food that you're eating. So it's like people are so anal about making sure that they're having like a meal every four hours or yeah. something and it has to have this, this and this in it. But it's like, at the same time, they're still buying all of their meat from Coles and Woolies. They're still buying all of their vegetables and fruit from Coles and Woolies. It's like just because you're eating and you're doing the frequency and the timing of your meal quite well and you've got like a macronutrient, you've got a, you know, you've got like a grain, a protein, a vegetable in there. Like it looks like it's a whole meal. Yeah. But when you look at it from the bigger picture, you kind of start to then break down all of the pesticides that are in food, mm. um, the things – all of the crops that are sprayed, you start to look at the grass-fed versus grain-fed research. Um, same goes for dairy products because obviously that comes from cows and dive into that and then it makes a huge difference and people are just so like um, nulled by, like lulled by their routine that it's mm. just so normal for them to go into the store and buy those things rather yeah. than source out a different location to buy their food like it I try and convince my clients to go to the local like farmer's market basically and it just seems like such a hard thing for them to do most of the time because yeah. but at the same time it's then giving them that education that routine like lulls your brain to sleep yeah so and because you can just survive right the things that you repeat mm. every day are a part of your subconscious mind mm. and then as a result of programming your subconscious mind like that then you're just going to do those things off by heart and you kind of just like live like that yeah and being able to describe that to them like this is why it probably feels so hard because you this 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 mm. and it's like you don't having... add anything new <laughs> yeah and it's like having that perspective on it because for some people it can seem like a task but if you change their perspective on how you view it it's more of an investment within yourself like you're investing time by going to this place, you're investing money by spending maybe a dollar extra on this product. Like it's all about investing into yourself so you can have longer health or longer benefits from the food that you consume. And so you're not getting sick, you're not getting more worn out or whatever negative side effects come from these high pesticides or hormonal foods. Yeah, exactly. And um, I don't think you knew me then, but I had like chronic um, acne yeah and that was from everything that was going on in my gut plus my low energy availability when I was competing my skin was just like horrible shocking mm. like I was just embarrassed by it like to go anywhere um it was yeah really really bad like cystic acne and it's gone now and yeah. I just 
because I focused on my gut. I had to get skin needling um, because I had scarring. But my skin is like almost clear as day now. I have a couple of little scars left on my face. But as a result of cleaning up my diet, like completely different how to how people clean up their diets. Mm. And, you know, the normalized way of cleaning up your diet in quotations. Yeah. It's so different. And that's what I'm, the message that I'm trying to put across now is like the generalized way of healthy eating is so like uh, overutilized. Mm. That's so true. Like even if you are in a calorie deficit because you're in bad foods, still having a negative effect on you. Because that was happening with me. I exactly. remember when I was doing about, I went to the extreme and did about 1,400 calories a day. And this one, I was like wow. 98 kilos. So like I was starving. But those 1,400 calories weren't nutritional foods. Like it was like a Hungry Jack's meal to make up 900 calories and something else to make up the other five. And then I started breaking out like acne and stuff too. And I felt like less energized because even though I'm getting calories in, I'm not getting the nutrients in. But then once I switched it to eating more nutritious food, I then felt more better. Yeah, exactly. And that's always what's going to happen. But I, when I ask people, you know, what their idea of a healthy diet is, it's usually the type of healthy diet that I would use to mock what people think a healthy diet is. Yeah. And it's like not at all good. You know, people still just try and live off having toast in the morning, a salad for lunch and mm. a protein and some vegetables for dinner. And completely disregard like all of these things that we just spoke about when it comes to the higher quality of the food that you're eating yeah ice latte the is main the thing <laughs> yeah no, <laughs> if you're that person <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's like but um i've got some q a's from my one tour community facebook community that have they, they oh, chucked cool. in the comment section. So I'd like to ask some of these questions that I got through for you. Yeah, go ahead. Um, one person asked, what is it that helped you build confidence? Oh, that's such a long-winded question and answer. Mm. <laughs> um, what helped me build confidence? I feel like having to go through my lowest lows in terms of my body image mm. and my self-image helped me to grow my confidence at the end of the day because if I didn't go into those depths I wouldn't I wouldn't be where I am now because I wouldn't have uh experienced the lessons that I was supposed to experience in order to bring myself up to be such a confident person now um Mm. to be so sure of myself with nearly everything that I do and Mm even if I'm not sure of it at the time, I trust it. And I think that confidence is not just a appearance. It's not like a, how you stand or how you look or how you talk. It's how you genuinely feel or like, yeah, like how you look, it's like how you genuinely feel about yourself. Like it's going to just radiate off you. Mm. I like how you said that. It's about how you feel because then you will get those external um, visualize you know, with the stance and the breathing and how you look as well from the feeling you feel within like all that other stuff will just come naturally exactly yeah exactly mm. and I tried to look my best and that's when I felt and looked my worst 
Yeah. And isn't that funny how people think that leaner is always going to be better? Like um, you're going to love yourself more if you're skinnier. And mm. I've been through that and that's absolutely not what I experienced. Yeah. I'll preach that too. Like, cause I've been everywhere from 60 kilos to 120 kilos and yeah. I feel my best at 88, like around 88 to 90 kilos at 88, 90, I'm not shredded. But I feel like when I drop, I've been at like 78 to 80 where I have been super lean. I never felt healthy, even though I looked what healthy is. So when I usually sit around like 88, that's when I feel my best. And it's all like what you said. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, how can someone well, stay cons- Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I wasn't going to say anything. Oh, so say, how, how can someone stay consistent with their meal plan and training? So what do you think helps with consistency? Um, having nutritional literacy, like having nutritional knowledge. Um, it's a big one that I work on with my clients. There's no, there's no way that anyone's getting around that because in order to be more consistent, you need to understand, like in my perspective anyway, you need to understand human, like on a basic level, you need to understand like human physiology. Like you need to understand what the body requires, um, like how much of things the body requires and then kind of, yeah, it's it's hard. It's a really, again, like such a really hard question because mm. when it comes to the whole like seven days in a week scenario there's so many different ways to look at um to look at it because a lot of people it's a psychological issue it's something that stems from their past that makes them not be consistent yeah um I obviously encourage nutritional literacy but it's also kind of like diving into looking at what causes you to have such coping mechanisms in the first place Mm. and that usually is the biggest one is looking at that but something that I mentioned to one of my clients which I'll share is if you have four meals a day for seven days a week right roughly about that and you have a meal out on a Saturday night and you have something that you classify as probably a bit of a dirty meal Mm. um that is one meal out of 28 meals in a week where like it's not going to make that big of an impact to your health nor your body composition if you are consistent with those other 27 meals that are going on in the week, which is likely the case. Mm. And and that's the reason why people are not consistent is because they look at one meal as like the be-all end-all and that causes them to break down under that pressure that they put on themselves. Yeah, hundred percent. Understand the why behind it, and then also looking at stuff the bigger picture. Hey. Yeah, exactly. It's the bigger picture. Um, hope that helps. Yeah, that was good. Um, these next few we've actually already talked about. So the last one, someone said, "I am a coach myself as well. Do you deal with struggling?" Uh, wait, sorry, let me reword that. Someone said, "I'm a coach myself." What have you learned about yourself from being a coach in terms of putting pressure on yourself? So I think this person's getting that, like, let's just say, because as a coach, I know me working in mental health, like sometimes you feel like you have to stay up to a certain standard to be able to teach. And sometimes that pressure can overwhelm people. 
So do you ever feel that? And yeah. You do, how do you overcome that? Yep, absolutely. Um, I have definitely experienced that. Like I have found that I've belittled myself in the past and used the whole imposter syndrome and done the whole self-doubt situation mm. um, based on comparing my success to other people. And a good reminder for me, like to myself, is always you're only in comp- like you're basically just being in competition with someone that doesn't even know that you're in competition with them. Yeah. And what's the point in literally drinking that poison and kind of obviously then being in competition with the other person when they don't even know that it's only hurting you and it's only mm. causing you to be a, to act out of lack. And again, that's what I've experienced many times before. I've acted out of lack so many times mm. um, based on feeling like I needed to get ahead and that I needed to be the best and things like that. And it wasn't until again, I went inward. And I started focusing on being on my personal development rather than my business development um, or my client's self-development and actually being able to learn all these really, really, really valuable things about myself, um, which just makes me a better coach anyway, because Mm. I'm so willing to put myself in that vulnerable position and to then be vulnerable. And I think something that a lot of people have told me in the past, like just followers and stuff that, my vulnerable, like the way that I get vulnerable with people is definitely what sets me apart. I'm very real mm. as a coach. I don't just post the 1%. I am very real in terms of things that I've been through, um, the changes that I've experienced in terms of my body composition. I think if I can give you a piece of advice, it would just be to like be completely authentic mm. and stop trying to just chase after somebody else's vision um trust in like your ability to create your own magic yeah and just go and do that because you probably have like all of these amazing um ideas and visions and stuff but it's like you shut yourself down because you don't think that they're good enough or you don't think that you're good enough or that you're ready or something like that and then it causes like it taught, causes time to go by basically and you to just stay still. Mm, that's great. It's about being yourself, hey? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Like authentically you. That's literally all it is. Uh, these last two questions, these are my. These are from me. They're a bit different, but I, I always like asking everyone um, that comes on the show yeah. these two questions because I like how everyone's answers. Okay. So the first mm-hmm. one is, if you could study with any expert in the world, who is it and what would you study? If I could study with any expert in the world. Yeah. Hmm. I, oh, his name. I can't even remember his name. You got put me on spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my God. I can't remember. Um, Dr. John Martini. Yeah. That's a great one. He's, He's awesome. And mm. I like, he's like an, he like inspired me to get into psychology. Mm. So yes. I listen to the way that he talks and I'm just like, awesome. That's so cool. I was like, I want to be able to talk like that. 
Yeah, listen, uh, reading this book too is what got me into Dr. D. Martini as well. He's, yeah, he's really great. And oh, he's inspirational. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, so inspirational. My next one is, and the, the final question. question is, dinner with four people, past or present, who are you having dinner with? <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. I reckon it would be present. I have like some really cool people in my life right now that are like here to teach me so many lessons. Mm. Um, it would be my friend Demi, James, Brendan, and me. Like we actually are like planning to catch up like on the first Sunday of every month. And we like literally just want to have all of these inspiring Mm. conversations to like lift each other up and go each other in business basically and help each other to like be more inspired and creative yeah um and yeah like they're just like my people so them <laughs> that's great yeah it's good having those type of people around you that you can consistently see but also grow with but um, yeah exactly but i just want to say thank you for coming on today I'll also link in everything, well, everywhere you can find on there in the description and the bio of this episode as well. I just want to say, do you have any final words or a final message you'd like to give to the listeners here? Um, not really. I think I gave everything that I wanted to, but like this has been such a great chat. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I feel like I like learn more about myself every time I speak it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And just really look back at how far you really come. Hey, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's a really good thing to reflect on for your life. But also as well, back to you, I appreciate you coming on today as well and showing up for the listeners here and myself. So thank you. So welcome. All right, well, thanks for listening in, everyone. Like I said, if you want to find Anna, it's all in the bio and description. And tune in for next week.